afternoon and good evening. My name is Sir Meerkat and welcome back to the Moto Meerkat channel and welcome back to another episode of the Chatterbox podcast. Now I'm super excited to have a chat with today's guest. He's a very interesting bloke who makes extremely <laughs> unique and fun to watch videos. Now he's been making videos around motorsport for about three years now. Well, at least the, the, the first uh, public ones are about three years ago on his channel. And he's had an extensive career in, uh, in motorsport media, which I'm sure we'll dive deep into chatting about in today's episode. Now you may know him a little bit more recently from his appearances in the WTF1 24 hour vlog, where he told you to subscribe to him quite a few times. Today I'm gonna to be chatting to Matt Amis. How are you today, mate? Hello, mate. My last name's Amos. You're so close. Amos. Everyone, gets, everyone gets it wrong, no, don't worry. I was gonna ask you before we started, I was like, oh, I should ask him how I pronounce it and I got it wrong. Don't worry, I'm so literally sorry, ev everyone you. gets it wrong. It's, it's one of the reasons that when I get married, I'm going to be taking my partner's last name. Like, literally everyone gets my last name wrong. It's, um, yeah, so it's Amos phonetically. But, yeah, no worries, mate. Gotcha. Yeah, right, cool. I'm so sorry. It's all good, mate. Uh, oh, that's awful, mate. Wait, how have you been? Are you doing okay today, apart from me miss saying your name? Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, so I've just done a big uh, house move. Uh, I'm currently in my uh, new office, my new sort of YouTube studio. So um, all of this side is looking good on camera, but everything behind is such a mess at the moment. So um, so yeah, it's going all right at the moment because it's just yeah, it's just a lot of cable management, a lot of new gear coming in, and uh, yeah, it's all exciting stuff. Nice, mate. Nice. I'm glad to hear it. I hope that uh, that whole new setup goes well for you and that you can get a little bit more tidy in the in the coming weeks. But but as, as I mentioned, we'll move, mate, we'll move straight on to the chatter. I'm really excited to talk about this. But firstly, as I said before, people may know you or may have seen your face a little bit more from that WTF 124 hour video. How did that go for you? Because I know you're quite the carter and the conditions did look horrible. How was that that day of karting for you? Yeah, well, it was really awesome because, um, yeah, you know, the guys at WTF1 invited me along. Uh, they previously did it the year before and had some really good peddlers in the karts there. And they were able to win um, uh, win first in their class. And we knew going into it uh, that um, yeah, it was going to be a lot harder because we didn't have as many pro drivers as it were. But we had a really good bunch of guys, you know, Steve, Jimmy, Ben, uh, Tommy and uh, Matt Gallagher there as well. And uh, effectively, um, I was sort of uh, not only driving there, but also being a lot of uh, the camera guy as there as well. Because, um, yeah, Tommy was uh, filming there just sort of during the day part and then through the whole night and the morning and stuff. That was all sort of me uh, sort of keeping up as, as it were. But uh, it was a really fun event. Um, yeah, as you said, it was really tricky conditions. Um, I do a lot of karting myself, but it was the first time I've ever actually driven in a proper wet conditions. Um, my first stint um, was at one o'clock in the morning and it wasn't really sort of covered on uh, on the video purely because I was the one filming most of the time. And when we got to that sort of point in, in the night, everyone's trying to get as much sleep as I can. And um, so when I jumped into the cart, yeah, it was my first time ever driving in the wet. Um, and Jesus. literally it was just like, it was, it was so intense. Like the spray of the carts in front of you uh, was, just in, was just blinding. And um, I think Super GT uh, in his video, um, I think in his first or second stint, you'll see how much water there is because you couldn't quite see it from trackside. But when you're sitting in there, it's just it's in incredibly hard. And um, yeah, the first stint was kind of awful because uh, yeah, it's my first time driving in the wet, so really experimenting with uh, racing lines and just being overtaken left, right, and centre. Um, but yeah, also, standard. I got taken out three times during my stint, uh, <sighs> twice by the same guy. <laughs> And um, so it was a vendetta on a, against you or something. Yeah, literally. Well, it was, it was, it was, it was, I remembered the badge because it was uh, 21 on, I think it was 21 or 23, one of the 20s. Um, and it was the same person and it was at a really horrible point of the track where it's the downhill section. And if you'll go off into the barriers there, it's really hard yeah. to rejoin because it's such a fast um, sort of entry coming into it. And so if anyone mm -hmm. hits you, it's going to be really sort of like a red flag session. And um, I clocked that he got a black flag because there was a digital board and he went up. But because of that, mm -hmm. we lost quite a few spots. And then um, my second stint, it was still raining, but I luckily got a bit more confidence in that bit and I kept it in class by that point. But um, I think we did all, work, all right in the, in the end. We came, we came fourth in class, only 30 seconds off P3, uh, which just shows that like, we were still gunning for it. Um, 
We took it a lot more seriously this time around because uh, last year uh, there was a few mistakes that the team had made which we could easily sort of fixate, you know, having a driver schedule, you know, doing um, driver signals as well, which they hadn't done. And um, so I was a bit like, a bit anal about that sort of thing of like, you know, just trying to like uh, be a bit more, taking it a bit more seriously. Which at first people were just sort of joking about being like, oh, we don't need to do, need to do that. But then come the very end, we had to, re had to really rely on it. So, um, but yeah, it, all in all, it was, it was really fun. <laughs> oh, that's nice, mate. No, proper, running it proper, and you did a very good job, mate. But we, we see in the WTF1 video, Matt's there after a stint, like lying on the floor, like, oh, I'm so dead. Little do we see, you're in the stint in the night, the worst stint, and then you get out and you have no time to complain. You have to start filming for them as well. So fair play to you, mate. I know how bloody difficult Butmore is on the in the wet on slick tires it's bloody horrendous i do the british universities karting championship oh yes yeah yeah. I've, uh, yeah I've done but more in the wet on slicks it was absolutely horrendous so yeah it's I feel just, your pain yeah because there's so many sections of the track where um unless you unless you're because it's one thing being good at karting it's another thing if you're if you're knowing what lines to take and how to actually control a cart with slick tires on and like you know Steve and Jimmy have got it down to a T because they race in Club 100 and they've had to exactly. already race in those sort of um, sort of those conditions whereas for me completely green to racing in those sort of things it's it's fine and also Steve only lives like five minutes from the track anyway so when he came in and he was doing like the best lap times and then I had to jump in after him it's a bit like it's kind of like an unfair like <laughs> sort of uh, sort of approach to it but um but uh, it's also like it's just quite taxing as well you know like doing my first stint was two hours long and um we had this thing of where uh when you get to an hour and a half um someone comes out with a pit board to check if you're okay which is like class you see me i think there's a shot of me saying you okay yeah, and yeah, yeah. um if the driver sort of does a thumbs up then he's going to carry on for an extra 30 minutes um and if he wants to come into the pits um he taps himself on the helmet and that way is really clear to whoever's on the pit board um, that they want to come in and then we can sort of mess around with scheduling and stuff um, and then we can show the pit sign that's come in and such. And nice. yeah, so um, so yeah, do, doing like sort of those long hours sort of stints, I mean like, yeah, working in motorsport, you sort of do those stints anyway and you get used to it. And um, also I had the knowledge of like, you know, Ben had in his first stint had already gotten a black flag or two. And uh, I was like, all right, I better just stay in just in case, because if we do get a black flag, we'll be massively down the grid. Uh, no offense to Ben or, any, or his karting or anything, <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'll stick it out, for, I'll stick it out for the, uh, stick it out for the extra, um, extra half hour for my two hours stint, yeah. um, just in case, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, you got the short straw there getting in after Super GT because yeah. he is unbelievably good. So, yeah, fair play to you, mate. But you still did a solid job. I'm sure everyone was very proud of you. And yeah, getting <laughs> Cheers, those sister mate. in place with a head tap as well, that's very smart. That's key things to do. Because, yeah, I saw that Ben, I think after he did the first like one and a half hours, didn't he? And then he was immediately like, tapping his head. Was yeah, well, the, well, the work, what, what, well, this is the thing. Cause, um, yeah, because I was doing a lot of research last year just to see where they could have improved on just because might as well take it a bit seriously. And one of the drivers from last year um, was uh, had stayed out for three hours and he was trying to signal to the guys that he wants to come in, but neither, they hadn't made a schedule, so they didn't know who was doing what at what times, and neither had they done sort of any hand signals or anything. So if someone was watching him cart and he's going around going, doing this, if you yeah. if your eyes just focus on um, who they are, and be like, oh, there he is there, and he's doing all this stuff, you're not understanding it, but if you see a clear thing like that. Um, and so, yeah, so we had that situation where uh, yeah, last year they had it where um, yeah he, a guy was out for like three hours and when he pit in he was just like so angry and rightfully so because he was just so tired and wanted to come <laughs> in and such. Oh my um, but we had a situation situation with that with uh, Tommy. Uh, so um, normally like he he wears glasses and such and he did a hour fifteen of his stints um, and he was furiously tapping his helmet and so we pitted him and uh, I think uh, Jimmy got got in instead and what basically happened is that when he's racing he can't wear his glasses because it fogs up and um, right. when he got out of the cart and we took the helmet off him his eyes were fully bloodshot red um, because his eyes were overworking trying to focus on what oh. was going on because unfortunately his eyesight isn't that yeah. great and so gotcha. he was like he was like really thankful that we did pit him in because that was yeah. like a clear he couldn't go anymore because his eyes were just 
so dead and we didn't know that until we brought him in so um that's yeah. one I'm, I'm glad we did get one sort of um sort of hand signal to work for that just so he's not like killing himself over it <laughs> yeah geez this poor guy that was left out there for three hours but yeah i understand his pain with the glasses i remember when i was saying i was at botmore in the wet it was horrendous i remember as long as you were going along it was fine they wouldn't fog up but as soon as i span out immediate fog up and i couldn't see anything for about Pure glaze four or five over. laps it was awful. It was awful. But yeah, well done in that event, mate. Super proud of you. Super proud of you. But you're, you're, you're quite the carter, aren't you? You've got a lot of karting videos on your channel. And funnily enough, I was looking through looking through your channel, looking for, for content to talk about in this interview. And I found a video where you went to Berlin Kart. <laughs> now, you, you uploaded that video on the 15th of April, 2019. Now, I know that obviously you don't upload and you don't record and then upload the video on the same day. I was at Berlin Kart on the 15th of April, 2019. I thought that was just a very funny uh, little tidbit, yeah. <laughs> but, oh my goodness, that track is awful. I couldn't yeah. believe that you'd made a video on it. Because, yeah, all me and my friends that went were like, this is actually, like, terrifyingly bad. Like, we, yeah. we arrived, it was quite warm. We arrived in shorts and t-shirts like ready to be given our race gear and stuff they literally just gave us helmets with no visors and no nothing to clip under your chin and just went hey there you go go out yeah is that that literally it's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've been having some trouble with that recently so that whole situation was mad because um, I had a really good opportunity that I got flown out to Berlin to cover a Formula E event. And I was only there for literally just a, just a day. Like I got there in the morning and my flight was in the evening. And Goodbye. the event was done by like 11 a.m. And I had like six hours to kill. So I was like, right, I'll, I'll use this opportunity. I've got my camera with me because I filmed somewhere else. And yeah, I'll, I'll go check out a local go-kart track because that's what I love to do. And so I found this random one, yeah, as you said, Kart Berlin, went, to that, went down, met the guys, and I was like, hey, um, I do this uh, YouTube channel, showed them it on my laptop with, with me there, and I was like, is it cool if I can film a video here? They said, yeah, yeah it's fine. And then um, literally, yeah, I did all my trackside filming shots, and then I did my GoPro on board, and as soon as I did that, I was just like, I'm done, and I left. And so as soon as I walked out, I realized, oh, I haven't actually done any talking bits to camera, so I got my camera out in in front of the place and I then did all my sort of like bashing of it because I couldn't really yeah. do that when I was already inside. Um, but yeah, I was just so shocked about it because um, for people who don't know who, who are watching this and haven't seen the video, effectively, yeah, it's a indoor go-karting circuit where the go-karts at the time, um, the brakes uh, had completely gone. So the brake pads had completely dissolved and uh, sort of melted onto the disc brakes itself. So uh, as soon as you touch the brakes, you'll uh, lock up the wheels and skid out. Uh, when you do so, um, normal procedure with karting is that like, yeah, you lift up your arm and like a marshal will come over and, and sort of uh, help you get out and, or move your cart because as you're wearing a helmet, you don't have full vision. And so if you were to get out of a cart, someone could come along and you won't notice it and you might get hit. Um, but yeah, there was just no marshals there either to like come over or even like wave yellow flags or anything. Um, yeah, the barriers were breaking away. There's no ventilation. So you're sort of breathing in fumes the whole entire time. And it was just a whole, a whole experience where it was just like, this is absolutely awful. And so I made the video to be like, guys, this is like, literally just don't visit it because it's just stupidly dangerous on multiple, um, on multiple notes. And yeah, ever since then, um, the video sometimes jumps up in views and such, or especially in comments, uh, um, where originally the owners got in touch with me, said, this is all lies, you didn't have permission to film here. And then I simply remind them, well, if I didn't have permission to film here, how come I've got trackside shots where you've, you allowed me to cross over to the track, film shots out of the camera. Likewise, also, I had a GoPro on, so if you didn't like that, you would have told me there in any way. So that sort of negates the point. And also the stuff I'm talking about, it's not really opinions or anything. I show a shot where the yeah, brake pads are telling. melted into the into the wheel and everything there is, it's fact. It's not like me, an opinion mm -hmm. based or anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've had loads of people tell me recently that they've recently got a new fleet of carts. I don't know if the circuit is better or not, but it's something which I'm never going to revisit because yeah, if, yeah. if any business is going to be open, um, trying to like, you know, invite people along to do go-karting events or kids birthdays or anything that it's just an accident waiting Jeez. to happen so that's why i just didn't want to really promote it and actually warn people to, to not go 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if they've got a new fleet of carts, that doesn't change the problem of no flags, terrible barriers, no marshals anywhere. Like when I was there, when we did our race, my cart died with about five minutes to go, literally just spluttered to a halt. Yeah. And the usual proceeding, like it's a team sport or something in the UK would be, they'd bring around another cart, stop the session, you'd get in the new cart and you'd carry on. Instead, they just stayed green flag. The guy just came onto the circuit, was like, oh, sorry about that, mate, and just took the cart away and just expected me to walk across the green flag yeah. track to get back to the pits. And it's I was insane. like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, and also, like, in the, middle of the track as, in the middle of the track as well, which I completely forgot about, um, there was just, like, a bed and a sofa and a TV. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> the owners would just sit there and just... And it looked just... It just looked so, so trashy. And, like, yeah. there's other go-kart tracks in Berlin, which I wish I would have gone to instead. Um, yeah, but, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I, I show that just because, like, yeah, any business who's open to, like, those awful conditions like that, yeah, that should be, should be completely shut down. Yeah, exactly. I can com I can completely agree with that, and I'm the second opinion to you there. I can agree. It's awful. Don't visit <laughs> Berlin Car. But yeah, well, let's talk about some better karting than Berlin Car. When did you actually first get into karting? Then was it a young thing, and you thought I'm going to be the next Michael Schumacher, or did you get it? In did you get into it slightly later on in your life? Uh, slightly later on in my life, really. I had like a local karting karting track. Uh, I used to live back in Gloucestershire. And um, there was only sort of one track near near there, which I went to a few times. But um, the whole motorsport side of me sort of came sort of later when I moved to London because it's always been like a uh, always been like a little bit of a hobby of mine. But with karting, especially, it's um, for many people, it's an avenue of like yeah, getting to race your friends in a safe condition. Um, and so, yeah, for some people, it can lead on to like you know having a proper championship or career into motorsport. And for other people, it's just a nice thing to do on stag do's or having a party or just having a bit of fun and racing in a safe environment. And yeah, a lot of what I do with my channel, the whole ethos is just trying to get more people into motorsport, whether that's you know through Formula One, Formula E, uh, sim racing, or even karting. It's just to try and get more people interested because when you think of the stereotypical like motorsport fan, it's like it's male, it's um, someone who's like sort of um, in their like sort of thirties, as it were, and then there wasn't many people sort of like you know sort of highlighting these awesome go karting tracks you have like which could be just down the corner from you, and so a lot of the karting tracks I want to sort of show off. Um, it's mainly because they don't have an online presence. Normally, what you see is just a, a website with a photo. Whereas if you've got a whole yep. detailed breakdown of what the karting track is, what you, what you're going to expect when you go there, and then hopefully you can, can do better for those businesses and whatnot. So with my sort of karting sort of side of things, it's it's one because I love racing and it's a great way to actually get on track with other people. Uh, but it's also because I like sort of helping local businesses and also just to try and get more people into racing as well so then hopefully we're like in like a year or so's time we can do like a massive like go-kart meetup and stuff uh, like buckmore oh, yeah. or daytona or wherever um and then if we've got a good awesome bunch of people who all just want to enjoy the sport of, of karting mate that'd be so sweet count me into any sort of karting meetup mate i'm always Absolutely. up for a bit of karting i can show you up easily mate don't even worry about it <laughs> No, I'll take you to a track you don't know then in that case. And the same okay, perfect, as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you were saying, yeah, you've been making loads of videos on different kart tracks. And yeah, it's so selfless of you, I guess, to, to go to all these smaller tracks. And I agree with your point of saying, yeah, usually they, they don't really have any presence. And if I'm wanting to go to a track in an area that I don't really know, I'll look on YouTube and there might be like one or two like terrible onboards of people going around. And I exactly. still can't really tell what the track's like and all about. So your videos are definitely sort of revolutionary for that, uh, for the karting track scene. But you also do videos alongside, along sort of uh, specifics of karting and, and how to kart. Now you had your first, I would say, proper motorsport coverage video on your channel which was how to win at go-karting now that has ninety-six thousand views so so pretty good did that take off quite quickly that video was that sort of a slow burner as your channel rose? it was a, it, yeah it was a bit of an evergreen sort of content with that because um back yeah back then when i was, I was sort of just starting to make sort of videos and as it were um, the, one of the main reasons I sort of started to do that one is because I used to go with like a regular group of friends and it would be the case of like not to be boasting or egotistical or anything like that but uh, because I do a lot of like you know sim racing or other motorsport knowledge as well I work in motorsports so I know like racing lines and breaking points and so off yep. um, it's very easy to like when you go with a group of friends who don't race at all you're clearly just going to sort of beat them on track and after a while that's kind of it. So I made the video originally because, um, yeah, some of my friends, I was like, it was actual tips I wanted to give to my mates to be like, right, if you're 
if you're ever stuck or anything, you want some advice or anything, here's like here, here's how you do something like that. Because a lot of the time, mm -hmm. you know, they'd be drifting their carts and it naturally really slows yep. it down. Um, you're not knowing when to overtake. Is sometimes the people just send it down the inside and then they get surprised that they get black flags. And I felt like at the time there weren't many videos online which were actually properly detailing tips, uh, but like also explain them correctly. So you have like top five ways to win a race or casting or hard to win in casting and such. And it will just tell you like, okay, best pace to overtake is, an over, is a hairpin corner. And then go on straight into the next ship and it's not explaining why. It's all yeah. well and good, you know, sort of telling someone how to do a job. Um, but if you explain the reasons why, it makes it more sense and it'll stick into them when they actually are going go-karting. And there weren't many videos uh, a couple of years ago which were actually sort of really, deal, really detailing in that. And um, it's something I've actually wanted to do again recently, do another like a tips and tricks two, as it were. Um, I would say the, the title is a little bit clickbaity. Um, it's certainly the elements of how you can win a race. Um, I mean, if you really wanted to win a race, it'd be just take everyone else out and be the last cart running. But um, oh, I'm not sure I can really say that. <laughs> <laughs> the Mahavira Gunathan strategies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, mate, no, a great video, great video, I, I have to say. It's good that you're, yeah, bringing more people into it. Because, yeah, as you were saying, nothing, for someone who properly doesn't get it and doesn't understand, you really do need to explain and educate that the sort of technical side to it of why this works to be good because otherwise if you don't understand it then you're just sort of doing it just not really knowing why and then you could be doing it wrong so yeah, yeah totally that's very nice mate but the that wasn't your first sort of viral video i was looking back on your channel and your first one was actually how i got my hair back now not a very motorsport side video but it's got no. like three and a half million views like yeah absolute banger of a video um can you talk us through like the process that you were that you were going through in that video and also the video itself like how that has gone to such a high number of views yeah totally so um so i've been doing youtube for quite a few years like about six years or so now um but basically when i first started um, it was very much vloggy type content. Um, like a lot of my friends are already sort of well-established like YouTube creators in the UK um, who do a lot of like comedy and sketch uh, and vlogging stuff as well. And naturally gotcha. within that friend group, you, you, get the, you get the bug to sort of do that sort of thing. Um, but with me, like I wanted to sort of switch it up a little bit because I felt like with a lot of these vloggers, it was very fake. It wasn't very authentic, you know, like, hi guys, how you doing? Ah, oh, today my day's going great. And I felt it wasn't really, yeah. like, it, if I was to do that, it wouldn't be natural and it would just be what everyone else is doing. So my mentality was uh, to share anecdotes, which I would normally share with someone, at, you know, like the pub or something. And it'd be like rude and risque ones of like, um, you know, my first, the first time I sort of drank a bottle of gin and what happened afterwards naturally didn't go well and I was quite young. And I was be sharing like those sort of like sort of, uh, sort of funny stories that I saw happened to me, um, which other vloggers might not want to sort of share. And um, yeah, so uh, back then as well, um, yeah, I was just, I was just losing hair quite a lot and I thought this might be a good thing to document because um, back in the day I used to do a lot of uh, sound operating as a boom operator and um, in sort of uh, film and TV and uh, I was making a series called Lap It Up which was literally a YouTube series all about um, how to have better, um, better sound in your videos. And we have different like sort of YouTubers in each one. And um, we just did a whole day of shooting at the YouTube space uh, with me on a green screen. And went to come look at the rushes uh, for it. And literally I could just see the back of my scalp all the way through my hair. And I was mm. like, right, okay, I'm, I can't make this series because I just look too embarrassing. Yeah. Like I, I think I was like 18 or 19 at the time. And I'm pretty much lost all my hair at that point. And um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it affects your like your confidence, and uh, for some people, it's absolutely fine. For me, that was like my hair was the only sort of like uh, saving grace, and uh, yeah, so I decided to sort of document it, and um, you know, sort of thinking originally of having a hair transplant, you know, going to the cosmetic surgeon, and yeah. then um, finding out how much it's going to cost, and then uh, got a second opinion, and then went on to this thing called uh, Finish Stride, where it's like a pill every single day. And basically, it slows down the hair losing process. And in some cases, actually, you get a bit of regrowth. Well, in my case, you get a bit of regrowth as well. And um, yeah, so I put it, put the video out. And um, yeah, within, I think it was a couple of days, it already hit like half a million views. And it was a bit of a Bloody shock, hell. as it were. Um, 
but it was also the same time where I had also dealt with a lot of negative comments as well um, because I didn't realize um, I, I, I had a, a slip up of a word in, uh, in it where I said, oh, there's like z there's zero um, uh, side effects to it, where actually I should have said some people have reported side effects. However, I have not experienced any side effects. Uh and right. um this is one of the very few one of the very few medications where it's very much also on the conspiracy side type of people who will tell you that you're wrong and start throwing right. hate towards you and whatnot of like oh no he's he's fake he's um he's from a pharmaceutical company he's um he's uh, sponsored he's um yeah he's all lying to you there are side effects here's the reports and stuff and like literally it only affects like, like a few percent of men like taking the medication and they say if, if as soon as you take have those side effects stop taking it obviously um yeah. and yeah for, like literally it just tapped onto a really like niche like conspiracy group side of people um and Half of that was sort of helping with the views as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the other half of it that was just—it was just awful. And so um, it got—it got so bad to the point where um, the, re the reason I and I wanted to delete the video because I was like, I can't deal with this hate. Um, and it's not just through YouTube comments; it'll be through uh, DMs, Facebook Messenger. Um, I believe um, uh, my my partner even got a message uh, through her personal accounts, being like, "Oh, your boyfriend is a liar," and doing all this stuff. And it got so bad that um, someone publicly put, uh, someone found my home address and uh, publicly put Jesus it into Christ. the, into the uh, YouTube comments, um, which I quickly, it came up as spam, which I was just like, right, the fact <sighs> someone's found that, I'm just like, this is not okay. That so insane. Yeah, and this is, this is nothing I would have expected as well, just from like a candid, like, this is my yeah. story, rather than like, That's... oh, here's how you can get your hair back. I think it wasn't framed as that, it was just sharing my story. And um, yeah. yeah, so, uh, and the only reason I left the video up is because as you said, yeah, the video did really well and it was helping finance making my other videos of doing go-karting stuff. So um, like I don't make a massive earning from YouTube. Um, I'm still in what some people class as a small creator despite some, some of my videos doing quite well. Um, but my karting stuff doesn't do massively well in terms of views, um, but the video, the, the hair loss video, it helps fund me with my travel uh, getting to and from places because a lot of the karting places, sure. yeah, none of the karting places pay me to go there. Um, they let me sometimes yeah. go around for free, but like most often not, it's me just on my own steam. And uh, yeah. other places where I need to hire a car or get a train or anything like that, it, it adds up. And um, so that's literally oh, yeah. the only reason why I left the video up. And only recently I've turned off the comments um, because I was worried if I turn that off, the viewing would just stop automatically. Luckily it hasn't. Um, right. And the comments have done that, died down. But um, yeah, we have a weird one that's, uh, with, that's, with that video. Oh my goodness, yeah. People never fail to amaze me. The the the, the title was far less clickbaity than your bloody karting one. And yeah. that's the one that got all the, all the hit, mate. That is mental. I'm so sorry to hear that, that people would be so horrible to you about such a normal thing just because you misspoke a couple of... Yeah, well, it's, 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 yeah, and it's just, it's, just and it's, other, it, it's yeah, it's totally. But I mean, like, at the same time, it helps you sort of get a bit of thicker skin. I mean, like other creators on the yeah. platform get way more abuse and such. So like, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't sort of sit here and whine or cry over it, as it were, because like some people get it way worse. And like, exactly, it, it happens to whenever you put stuff out online. Like, you're always naturally going to get someone who's oh, um, yeah. who's negative towards you. But like at the end of the day. A views of you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, now you've just said, screw you. Thanks for the view. I've taken the money you've given me from that view to go and do more karting. So thanks a lot. See you later. Yeah. yeah. So great way of... And also, like, and also, it's a thing, yeah. You can't you can't get real, really angry when you've clearly, obviously, searched for that video. Like, it's quite a specific, specific video to come up in your feed. Exactly. And you've clicked on it. Like, you've... Yeah. yeah totally that. <laughs> yeah, they've specifically gone to it. So, yeah. Screw them. Forget about them. You've moved on to... Bigger and better things, mate. And back to the actual hair loss, mate. It looks great. So I wouldn't even have a clue unless I'd found that video at the bottom of your. Cheers. Thank you very much, mate. So, so fair play, mate. It looks great. But yeah, you were saying earlier about sort of series that you were making. I think you might have mentioned it. Um, like the, one of the main series on your channel uh, was Lap It Up, which yeah. hold on two seconds while I press the recording again. 
Yeah, so that was called Lap It Up. Such a cool concept, mate. I, I started watching a couple of them. I was like, this is great. And I ended up watching like, like possibly half the series today, just uh, getting ready for this video. And I was amazed by, you were saying, I was going to ask how you managed to get such famous faces on, like Dodie Clark. But I'm assuming from what you said earlier that it's sort of just, they're all part of your friendship group. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Lap It Up, um, yeah, was, uh, so, my previous, um, the previous series I wanted to do, which was a whole hair loss thing, was called, um, uh, Sound It Up, or, like, Turn It Up, or something, like, something related yeah. to, um, something related to sound, and then, yeah, Lap yes. It Up, um, yeah, it was a, a series I had an idea for a while, where, um, and it been, it, and we formulated the show quite a lot, because, um, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, it's sort of like a, a star in a reasonably priced car, like what you see on Top Gear, but the only difference is that you'd wear um, beer goggles and like an actual beer goggles, not like the the workers ones you get with like water in it. It's like actual like it morphs your view, and um, yeah, the idea is that yeah, each week we have uh, a new person come in, um, they do a lap around a brand's hatch uh, on the short circuit in a classic mini, and then they do it again wearing the goggles, and then the times are added together and then it goes on to a master leaderboard of and whoever's quickest will win as it were mm -hmm. and um yeah, was... sorry you go. sorry carry on you carry on you carry on mate and um yeah so each yeah each episode is uh, featuring a new person so sometimes it's a complete random who's a who's a friend of mine or as you said yes yeah, someone who's already known online as well uh, but yeah so everyone who features into it are good friends of mine so yeah you mentioned Dodie she I've known her for about six or seven years or so and um yeah I just thought it'd be a really I thought she'd have a really good time with it because um when we have parties or birthdays or anything, uh, my, my rig would just be there in the corner. And uh, she mentioned that she would always love to have a go with it. So uh, I invited mm -hmm. her along and her manager, Josh, as well. And um, yeah. yeah, they had a great time with it. And it's um, it was a really, really fun series. I would, I would never do it again because uh, it was a great learning curve. But um, right. but yeah, at the end of the day, it was uh, it was really, really fun to do. Yeah, yeah. Dodie seemed like she had a great time. She wasn't very good, but no, she was but having that, a laugh. That, 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 that it, makes so. for it, though. Yeah, if, if you're if you're exactly if you're really quick and quiet the whole time, it's just going to be a That's bit boring. Funny, where you, yeah. you want you want it then to struggle, which I think a lot of them did. So exactly. that was great. Exactly. <laughs> no, that made made it much more funny to watch. though. No, it was great. But um, and then with the finale as well, I thought it was sweet. I watched that earlier with um, the whole real life karting aspect was great and really well produced as well. So. Well done to you on that, mate. That was, that was really cool. I'd love to do something similar with like some other content creators like yourself and Tomo uh, and other people like that, do some karting stuff in the future. So that would be cool. But, yeah, totally. Yeah, because yeah, um, yeah, Capital Karts were really happy to uh, host it for us. Um, yeah, because it was myself and uh, another camera operator who was on the first floor. And um, mm -hmm. we tried to film it as best as we could. And um, we even had like, yeah, two GoPros on two of the uh, go-karts to help cut, yeah, um, cut into off. it. And literally, yeah. yeah, first corner just came straight <laughs> off. And I thought that might happen Standard. because yeah. like, I, I, I said to them, can we like duct tape them on? And they were like, oh no, visually it wouldn't look that good. And then it came straight off straight away. But um, luckily yeah. we had some unmanned camera positions just to help um, sort of show the race story. Uh, going on and um, yeah. yeah so I think it worked out alright in the end <laughs> yeah yeah no nice no it was great I'm all too used to cameras coming off mate at the last BUKC <laughs> race like halfway through my GoPro just ripped straight off and went absolutely flying it was terrifying but <laughs> yeah super annoying when that happens but yeah so you, you've done all these series had a great time doing it as you said learning curve certainly of making content but uh, it wasn't until your F1 graphics videos where the channel really began to take off. Now, what made you decide to first start making those? Because I would say that your content before that didn't really have too much graphic design involved. And then suddenly you decided to do this and it really blew up. So what made you want to do that? Well, yeah, because um, as an F1 fan, um, like I do a lot of uh, graphical work with with my own day-to-day -day work, as it were, I've yeah. been using the you've been using the program for years, and I, I, I like for example, I don't touch Photoshop whatsoever. I don't know the program at all. I've done it all through After Effects because for me, I was very much so, like, should I learn a uh, a stills sort of program or should I learn a video effects? Um, basically, I can do photo effects in video, but do it from motion. So I was like, that makes a clear gotcha. sense to me. And I still mm -hmm. do that today. That to this day, like, so all my thumbnails are done in After Effects and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But literally, it was just because um, 
more like in the last couple of years, it's I've been really trying to de dial, like dial in of why am I making videos and what is my purpose of it. Like if I'm if someone's like trying to chase views, you can do that easily with like some viral ideas or anything like that. But for me, it's very much like I want to show more of like a deeper appreciation of motorsport. And for example, when I was I was just looking into like um, I think it was like when the whole TV rights came in for like Formula One, you know, back in the seventies with like Bernie and such. And yeah. you like typically what you find with like F1 like sort of showing its heritage would be like a black and white photo from like oh on this day was Jim Clark, you know, uh, like it was a f four abreast cross um, f crossing the finish line in Monza on this certain date. And people would be like, okay, that's cool. Uh, but they don't show much appreciation for it. And then it really sort of clicked to me being like, well, like surely fans would show more of appreciation of what the racing was back then if they could actually know what was going on in the races. And so um, I started looking over, you know, footage from, you know, the 1950s and 60s and even some of the 70s as well, where they didn't have any TV graphics and trying to see, well, if I was to be able to like cr create these um, scratches, re replicating them from Formula One, from what we see nowadays, um, hopefully then fans would have a more of appreciation of what was going on in the race because, yeah, granted, it's all well and good seeing like a race clip from like the 1960s and it's like it's a square and someone spins out or anything, um, but then you just don't know what the race story is. And I thought, okay, well, why don't I try and recreate some of the graphics and put together a montage of some of the best sort of clips that I sort of know from F1. Um, and yeah, so I worked on that for a good uh, couple months or so, uh, sort of just recreating some of those graphics and then working out, you know, the lap charts and um, sort of like uh, looking at the TV broadcast of trying to get the best quality version of that and, you know, trying to clean up a little bit of like the dirt and grime. Um, and then, yeah, sort of put it all together and sort of spirited it out. And then, um, yeah, all of a sudden that just like, it just blew off within the, within 24 hours. It already got like, you know, um, 100,000 views and I was just like blown away by it. So it was, uh, it was a real surprise yeah, to be I honest. Was, I was gonna say with the, I was gonna ask about how sort of quickly it had taken off. Cause I've, that was definitely the first time I've seen your videos. Um, I feel like did, uh, obviously it took off quite quickly, as you just said. I feel like I remember seeing it, like some bigger page had shared it. I feel like WTF1 or some other ones had shared it around that, that happened. Yeah, so um, the original person who actually shared it was a friend of mine called Jack Nichols, who um, does a lot of commentating on Formula E. And, um, right. and from that, then it then spurted into loads of different uh, news articles. You know, yeah, as you mentioned, WTF1, you also got uh, uh, Drive Tribe as well. Um, I think then also Autosport did something as well. Um, and yeah, just loads of places just picking up because as soon as like two like, sort of media publishers share a news article about something more motorsport related, naturally then loads of other places do it as well because yep. everyone copies everyone else in the sport. Journalism, um, nice. Yeah, totally, yeah. And it, uh, But it, it worked out great. So from that what then, you, and then yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me it was great. Um, but then also through that, I got to um, I got to know like um, some great journalists. So like, yeah, the guy at Drive Tribe, for example, I have a great relationship with him. Um, so sometimes I'll send him some info or what's going on or some updates I'm coming on. So if I'm releasing a new video, which you might find interesting, um, then I can give him the heads up and then uh, sort of as the video releases, he can then also release a press release and also uh, other guys as well doing it as well. So it's, uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all well. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool, mate. No, very interesting. But yeah, on, on your channel with them, every time you seem to upload one, they get a lot of views because as you say, th that's a lot of effort to put into there. You say it took like, a couple of months to make. Like, you can really see that at the end. They're properly polished and properly nice. But you haven't uploaded one in five months, mate. So are we going to be seeing another one in future or do you think you've sort of done what you can with that series already? Uh, well, I definitely hope to do some more of them. As you said, yeah, they do take a good few months to do. And mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to work out, like I'm trying to streamline the process at the moment because basically it's, yeah, it takes a load of time to animate and also a lot of time to research and fact check everything. Um, and um, yeah, I definitely need to have it before where uh, if I've made like a really small mistake, definitely the comments will find out somehow, although there'll be no oh, information yes. <laughs> of it. There'll be no information on, in the comments anywhere uh, on the, on the, online or anything. Someone will always mention something that goes wrong. Um, but then I kind of like, I kind of done like a little cheeky thing of where sometimes uh, in like the s second one, for example, 
um, I made a clear mistake on purpose. So then naturally the comments would then fly in, be like, oh, you got this wrong, you got this wrong. I was like, yeah, I know, it's kind of a clear clear one, but it's just, it's just for the more eagle-eyed people. So anytime I now sort of do one of those graphical things of like montages or anything like that, I normally put in one purposely wrong um, uh, fact so, and to see if anyone actually does pick it up or anything like that, which some, which thinking about it for some people like, well, that just looks wrong. Like I haven't done a lot of work for it, um, but I find it a bit funny to see if anyone does actually pick it up or anything. Yeah. And then naturally no, then, as soon as one person picks it up, how many other then people quickly then, oh yeah, exactly. you got this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, People pretend like they were the ones to, to notice it. Yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> But yeah, as you, as you mentioned, yeah, I haven't done one for a, for a while. Um, I think it's just because it's one of the things where, yeah, I know if I was to make them, they do well in views, but I just don't want to, like, if I was to upload that, you know, every one, every couple months, naturally people get bored of it because it's the same thing they've already seen and exactly. already like it's graphics yep. they've already done. And so um, I am planning to make a new one uh, possibly in the new year because um, I've got some other plans uh, coming up um, for December and such. But um, mm -hmm. I am wanting to do one in the new year, um, just like, you know, based on the new graphics I've come in from F1, because um, I always want to try and like at least update something that's moving forward. So for example, now we've got like AWS um, with their tire graphic and you also got the pit, yeah. um, um, pit strategy as one to implement as well. And uh, it's all about, yeah, it's, I don't want to give it all away at the same time because then, yeah, no one would care about it. So drips and drabs being like, oh, yeah, I still yeah. do these graphical videos. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's still working out all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet people will still find the AWS graphics controversial when you've made them in like the 1980s footage. So <laughs> exactly, people will yeah. still be like, how do they know? How does he yeah, know? Someone who's got so blown up, just so, as, uh... Someone with a blown up tire and the, yeah, the predictor saying, oh, no, it's still got 20%. It's still no, good. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, mate. That's good. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, fantastically talking to you, mate. We'll end part one there, but be sure to uh, to join us again in part two in just a second. We'll continue talking to Matt about his how he got into motorsport media, his time with Formula E, and also your fan questions as well. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Chatterbox Podcast. I'm still your host, Sir Meerkat, and I'm still joined here today with Matt Amos, not Amos. There we Matt go, Amos you got it right. There we go, <laughs> Good mate, lad. I got it this time around. Don't worry, thank you, thank you. So yeah, just before, uh, just before we get into the second half, I wanted to say, as I was saying before, I've done some research for this video, and statsmash.com <laughs> claims that you're worth $55,000. Now, is this correct? Uh, that is definitely not correct. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> where have they got that from? <laughs> yeah, some, someone's got that cash. It definitely ain't me. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely not really worth that at all. I mean, I, I wish I could make YouTube my full-time job. If I had that money, I definitely would be, but <laughs> nowhere near exactly. that amount, unfortunately. Yeah. So weird that the, when I saw that come up, I was like, what? How, how, how have they come to this number? It doesn't make any sense. So weird. Anyway, ignore that. I just thought it was quite a funny thing that I found that I thought I'd say to you. I don't know if you'd seen it before. But um, so, yeah, with YouTube, no, as you were saying. No, definitely not. No. No, no. Okay. <laughs> so with, yeah, with YouTube, as you were saying, um, you're making lots more, lots more of the YouTube content now. But that wasn't how you actually got into motorsport media at the start. What was it? What was... How did you initially enter motorsport media? Yeah, so um, my normal day-to-day -day job, uh, I guess about seven years ago, um, was working in social media. Um, so I was working with a company called Little Dot Studios who specialize in uh, YouTube channels. And uh, half the business is looking after Content ID. So uh, for those who don't know, Content ID is when, uh, if a fan was to upload, let's say, the whole series of... Um, the Walking Dead, and it gets a copyright claim, that's content ID. That's where, um, yeah, the publishers of the content can, like, sort of police it onto YouTube. And um, Little Dot Studios is one of those uh, companies can actually do that for, for clients. And then the other half of the business is the production side, uh, where we sort of manage uh, online social accounts uh, for, you know, TV shows and also uh, creators as well, and uh, also make original stuff. 
And uh, so back then, I was looking after uh, 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 clients of mine were like Gordon Ramsay, uh, Graham Norton, wow. um, The Inbetweeners, um, uh, The Last Leg. Uh, sort of comedy and entertainment was sort of my specialty. And um, so a lot of, of those channels have now sort of grown massively in popularity. And um, so it was quite nice to be sort of the starting stone with that. Um, but then, yeah, during, um, during my time there, we had a brief come through that uh, a new championship called Formula E, which was an all-electric single-seater championship. Um, had uh, just, was just about to finish their first season, um, but they're sort of massively lacking in terms of their social growth. And I came to Little Dot to sort of help get help with their expertise. And um, yeah, naturally, my hobbies is, is I sort of helping my uncle and, and um, my aunts um, sort of fix up classic minis and do classic car racing at Goodwood. Uh, so that was always a bit of a hobby of mine, sort of on the weekends, going up to see them. And uh, yeah, basically got someone shouted through being like, who would when anyone want to work on this? Who has also got an interest in motorsport? And I was like, yep, yeah, I do. Brilliant. Me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, yes, yeah, so then we, uh, we pitched to Formula E. We won the contract. And then, yeah, um, ever since then, I've been, uh, been working in Formula E. So the first three years, um, of that was yeah working formulary directly as um, as um, uh, as a, a client of ours and that was uh, looking after their YouTube channel and their socials you know sort of creating original content uh, doing like race highlights and um, sort of general social stuff and then uh, the next three years on the last three years uh, from now um, I've been uh, working for uh, another company who uh, sort of create the uh, the TV broadcaster formulary themselves. And um, in that, I've been a videographer for one of the race teams uh, as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, forgot, I thought I saw you, there were some pictures on your Instagram of you with a camera beside the track. Is that sort of the, the videography stuff? Yeah, so the last three years, yeah. So um, I get licensed out to one of the racing teams, which was Envision Virgin Racing, or just the purple okay. car for people who are more visual with that. Yep. And, <laughs> um, and basically, my role is to basically sexy effectively do what I was doing for formulary, you know, sort of creating uh, uh, videos for their social media, you know, doing uh, updating their socials as well, and uh, working with the drivers uh, rather than like all the whole grid, working with both Sam and Robin Frines, who were the drivers at the time, right. um, to create online exclusive stuff for their, for their channels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, mate, that sounds super interesting. That sounds really cool. So did you get to travel around with the team to sort of every race then? Yeah, so um, naturally, yeah, so every race I've been to, um, so from season end of season one up until now pretty much been to every race apart from two um so yeah wow. traveling with the team and yeah doing long hours long haul flights um I and bet, bet. it's uh, yeah it's all part of it really because it's um you sort of go with the team you help set up the carriages or set up uh, the paddock um or the tv compound um and then yeah you do your business as it were because it's not like a formula one weekend where People are there like a week before. It's only a one-day format. Um, so we do free yep. practice, qualifying, and a race all in one day. And so pretty much it's arrive, get in, get off, get out. And um, so it's quite jam-packed, a long, full weekend. Yeah, high um, intensity. Yeah, so sometimes we get to stay out for an extra day or so to actually enjoy where we are. Um, but most of the time, unfortunately, it was uh, you, all you see is the airport, the racetrack, and then the airport again, and the hotel room. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need to see? If there's, as long as there's a racetrack there, you're happy. Totally, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool, mate. That honestly sounds like so much fun. As you say, a lot of work packed into a short amount of time, but uh, yeah, really, really fun. I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous. But as someone who's being involved with Formula E, as uh, you you mentioned before the call, and hopefully some people watching as well will know that I'm part of the Formula E talent call. Do you have any advice, some specific inner workings of Formula E advice that you could give me? Ooh, good question. Um, I think <laughs> the main advice is to be authentic and not try to replicate what others are already doing. Um, naturally, whenever people are sort of starting out, you know, doing commentary or presenting or anything like that, uh, naturally you, you're drawn to what you've already seen or are experienced to. So, for example, um, if you're doing commentating, a lot of people will defer straight to shouting and trying to put, like, you know, uh, emphasis or uh, action into their voice, where you could be watching something where it's not really, it's not action packed, if that makes sense. And it's very much trying to find your own voice and trying to 
bring your own personality to it. Um, if you look at any sort of uh, presenter, you can look at all the different presenting styles and it's completely different. So, you know, you've got Vernon Kay, you've got Dermot O'Leary, you've got Will Buxton, all three different uh, presenters, yep. um, but they've all got a different manner of how they do things. And naturally, if you are wanting to go into a career of, you know, commentating or presenting, that's what you're sort of more or less employed for. You're not employed for just being a face on camera. If you're uh, being authentic and having like a bit of chemistry with the drivers or you've got a certain way of how you do things, that's what the main approach to it is. So, um, gotcha. yeah, I think try to be as, as authentic as possible and um, not, not trying to fake it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I get you. No, I'll try to be as authentic as possible. I'll start and it's like that's, 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 oh, yeah. no. that's not me saying that you're not being authentic or being flagrant. That's, no, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. that's a general rule. I get that really personally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's so fake. <laughs> that's, all, that's all good, mate. Thank you for the advice. I appreciate that. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully next year, maybe I'll see you at the track, buddy. Yeah, That'll fingers cool. crossed. Well, I won't be there, unfortunately, because, um, oh. yeah, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I get to see you on telly then. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, mate, super interesting of your sort of career and moving into into Formula One. Oh, sorry, Formula E media. But did you study it at school at all, or was it quite? Uh, did you come out of? Did you did you go to uni at all, or what was the Not going at all. from no, school so, to media? Yeah. So I had a real game plan. Um, yeah, don't go to university. Um, for me, uh, back then, I wanted to work in visual effects. Um, as being like a, as a compositor. So um, yeah, as soon as I left um, college, um, also equivalent to like A-levels as well, I did that for two years. Um, yeah, got an, a, an inter internship down in London and was, had that for a year uh, working as a post assistant, um, which was awful, but it's part of the, the grind. Yep. And um, then eventually just sort of started to work at the order. And um, yeah, after like two years of being in London, um, I really quickly realized it wasn't a career I wanted to do because um, there's so many politics and so much like negativity uh, behind the scenes, which a lot of people don't see. And um, gotcha. at, this, at the same time as when I was doing all my sort of my fun YouTube stuff, you know, that's how I met, you know, doing stuff with Dodie and like other guys like Tom Scar, Jack and Dean, right. Sammy and all those guys who are YouTube content creators. That was my fun hobby. And then uh, this job at Little Dot came up and it was all, almost like the perfect fit, really, um, that I could actually do what I'm good at. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, so I didn't go to university, and I, I but I don't blame anyone who does go to university either. Um, it's uh, not only great for educational, but it's also good uh, mentally as well. You know, learning how to go on your own in life, as it were. Um, yeah. So whatever you're sort of striving towards, go for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, mate. I if I hadn't have gone to university and I'd went thrust straight into the real world, I think I might have died, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's awesome to see that uh, as well as the fact of uh, so many people are like, oh, if you don't go to university, then like, oh, whatever. But it clearly shows there's so many different examples, including yourself, of where it, it really doesn't matter. As long as you put the hard work in and you know what you want to do and you just go for it, anything can happen. And yeah. that's sweet, mate. It's awesome to see that you've done so well with, with what's happening and you're growing on YouTube all the time and you're doing all, all other sorts of stuff, which is awesome to see, mate. So um, it's been fantastic to talk to you today sir and that's it from me but i'm afraid that's not quite it from the fans now they've been asking their questions over on instagram and twitter thank you to anyone that did if you want to uh, get involved with future episodes you can send your uh, your questions over on instagram which is at moto meerkat or twitter at moto underscore meerkat gotta get the promo in uh, but uh, are you ready for these fan questions Matt? let's do it yep all good okay Okay, so we got four. We got four for you today. So at Viandra Monisiath one sixty on Instagram, they asked, "How did you get so good at doing those graphics?" Um, I think it's just pretty much because I just did it from quite an early age. Like I had um, After Effects CS three, I think, installed on my old X, uh, Windows XP computer as a sort of free trial, as it were. And yeah. yeah, as I mentioned in the first part of the podcast, um, yeah, it was very much like I made the constant decision of should I try and learn Photoshop and make great images? But then I was like, well, After Effects does great images as well, but also they're moving images. So it surely means it's more beneficial to do that way. And so I've been playing with it a lot to, um, 
sort of since I, I think of like, I don't know, like uh, since I've been like 12 or 11, 12, eight years old, I think. And then naturally, right. once you learn the basics and then you go into intermediate and, and so on, and then the, the program itself gets better and has more and more tools each time on, on each update. And um, so with the graphic stuff, it's... Um, it, it looks sort of simplistic on, on, on paper, but then like to actually try and get it to work out and streamline it quite well is, is, the, is, the, is the trouble, a trouble part for it. I mean, lo loads of times I still, you know, YouTube like tutorials on how to find specific answers to uh, an After Effects issue I'm having, but um, mm -hmm. I'm very much um, I'm still, still trying to learn. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just through time and, and practice, really. If, you, if you're yeah. only going on, on the program like once every two weeks, then yeah, unfortunately, it's not a great way to do. It. But if you're doing it every single day, um, which I had to do, um, then you're actually going to start to learn even more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all the same with all that kind of stuff, isn't it? With designing and editing and all things like that. It's literally just the time that you put into doing it. I feel like a lot of people can do it, but it's just yeah, putting that time and effort into going over it and over and over it. And yeah, as you were saying, yours looks so polished. So. Fantastic Thank job you. from you there, mate. Hopefully, Viandra can do the same in, in future. But yeah, yeah, at, yeah. at Sim Dane, so a man you've you probably heard of, he asks on Instagram, as a hair loss expert, how do you think Lewis Hamilton has so much hair these days but looked like a kiwi fruit in 2007? Oh, it's easy. He got a hair transplant. That's, um, yeah, I, I, funny enough, I, I have researched this before. Um, really? Yeah, yeah he has, uh, he's had a hair transplant. <laughs> Ah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I was, I've, I've been thinking that as well because he's he's got some luscious locks now. When he get, he takes off thing. that helmet and he's like, oof. But that's the thing. So even like even like even having a hair transplant, there's nothing wrong with it. Like fair play to him. Like if he's got the mm -hmm. cash to do it, and if he wants to look, if he feels he wants to look better, he will, he'll look better by having a hair transplant. Um, like, like many people do it as well. You know, like I was famously, you know, like Wayne Rooney got a hair transplant as well. Yeah. Um, and like naturally, yeah. If you're, if you feel like you'll you, if you feel like yourself will look better with like a with a hair transplant or a new hairline or anything, then go for it. But don't feel ever feel like you need to do it because yeah, whatever you feel best for it really. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If it'll make you feel happier, then go for it. But don't Absolutely. be doing it for anyone else. <laughs> exactly. Good, good points put forward. Um, another YouTuber as well, at John Warren 01 or JWF1, as some of you may know him, on Instagram, he asked, from a graphic designer's perspective, what's the best looking car on the 2020 F1 grid? Ooh, good question. Good question. <laughs> Putting you on the spot as well, though, mate. You've got to make going, going, going full Tomo F1 here. Um, oh, AlphaTauri? <laughs> I, this is the thing. So this is the thing. I don't understand why he doesn't like it at all. I don't understand why he doesn't no, like really? it. I think it, I think it looks really good. It's 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 much better than what they've had previously. Um, oh no one. way! The Toro Rosso livery is far better than the Alfa Tauri, mate. Okay. I'm sorry. Sure. It just is the, the mix of colors. I think the main thing with Tom, sorry, I from think a graphic designer's point of view. <laughs> yeah, from a graphic designer's point of view, I'm right. So. <laughs> yeah, but, um, no, well, I'm joking. I'm joking. I think yeah, but I think, yeah, he, he gives it way too much stick. But um, but fair play to him. Um, best yeah. looking one on the grid. Oh, um, oh. it used to be McLaren. I felt like, but they've, now they've changed it, so it doesn't. Um, mm. I do like the Red Bulls still. I think. Um, so boring, man. I know. Jeez, I'm a, I'm a, so but I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of their camo liveries, but and then they're just too scared to oh, do yeah. it. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm not too sure now, really. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm really stumped. Which uh, ones are you calling between? There must be one or two. I like the Williams. Not gonna lie, I do like okay. the Williams. Yeah, um, the Sensodyne, nice. Yeah, I do. Also, I do like the AlphaTauri quite a lot. I do like it's like a, just a two-tone. Um, yeah. Sort of color palace onto it, and it's because it looks like no other car currently on the grid, like in that sort of design, as it were. Likewise, yeah, it, does stand it, out. it is like a big logo, effectively, but it works. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Mercedes, I'm not a big fan of. Um, uh, I, although they went on to it went on to the black one, which I prefer the black one to silver. Yeah, to silver yeah. Alros, um, but still, it doesn't. It's yeah, like it's, it's the same issue with like uh, Ferrari. Because it's just red. Yeah, there's some few mm -hmm. black accents and such. Haas, no, just get rid of that. 
Um, no, it's, no, Haas is just awful. It's, yeah, no, like, you can clearly tell the team is struggling financially if they're having a livery like that. Um, but... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the shade! Jeez! No, I, I hate, I, I, I really don't like Haas at all. Like, yeah. Okay, Steiner okay. Go, yeah. This is going on to a different, completely different subject. Like, but like, it's yeah. Just... I started with what's your favourite. Now you're just you're just going off and I'm doing whole <laughs> chatting shit it. about yeah, every yeah. team. Yeah, get rid of Steiner. He's not good. <laughs> All that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I probably. Or is it? I think. Yeah, either AlphaTauri or McLaren. I think possibly. Okay. But I do like the Red okay. Bull third. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's move on for that question. <laughs> you have a lot of people getting very angry in the comments. Okay. Let's leave it. Right. On sure. to the final question of the day from another YouTuber. Three in that of four. Jesus Christ. At TGSF1 on Twitter, he asked, "What is your favourite piece of content that you've ever made, and why?" Oh, good question. I've got two. Go I'm on. Then. I'll let you two. Go on. Go I on. Well, because one's a graphic video, which is the Silverson Grand Prix okay. one, and the gotcha. reason, I mean, the only reason I really say that one is because yes, it took it took quite a few months to make, and it was awesome, you know, getting Alex Jakes involved into it as well, and um, I'm really glad how the video did because no one else, including F1, did anything to that sort to like try and properly show off the, the heritage of it, and I'm glad I got it done in the time I could because if I missed out on it, then I would have to wait, you know, another ten years. And by that point, all the footage and stuff could have been lost. So that's, I think that's one. But the the other one I'm really happy with, which sucks because it it died on its ass in terms of views, was how go karting was invented. Because I had to do so much research for it because no one else had done a video like that. And yeah. um, it was also the most amount of money I've spent on making a video um, for it to then, like, naturally, I thought it wouldn't do, it wouldn't be viral or anything because no one's actually actively searching it for it. But, um, but yeah, like, so much of the resources and, like, the images and stuff for it, it took so much time to, like, formulate what the story was, um, you know, literally finding out, you know, how, yeah, go-karting literally started in, into what we know of nowadays because um, no one else had done that and I was just really proud of that like I properly fact-checked everything there wasn't a mistake there whatsoever and um, I was just really happy with how the video sort of turned out um, and like I got to find yeah. like because there's some people who have done like a, a blog post on like you know how karting first started and although it was okay there was a few places which had got a lot of it wrong and you know I found like testimonials I had found uh, newspaper clippings and like probably went all journalistic onto it for a good like, yeah. I think I want to say six months on it. Um, it wasn't like Bloody it hell. wasn't like every day as it were, but like it was like most evenings. Yeah, I was yeah. like trying to find like leads onto ever sort of like someone would drop a, a drop a name, and then like naturally if I searched a newspaper of like where uh, like this is how detailed I went into it. So I wanted to find an image of the original owner who created uh, go karting um, right. called Art Ingalls. And I only had one image of him, or two images of him, sorry. And I wanted to find if there was any other one. So this is how detailed I went into it. So I had to sign up to a news archive website in the southern, uh, in South America, in, uh, yeah, in America, um, and locate the town name, which had previously changed where he'd lived, to then look for a news publication, publication which was open at that time but had then closed to see if then anyone had then digitally scanned it to then I could find an image of that article or fact checking or anything like that there. Oh my found God. that so then I found that actually it was no longer digitally online it was actually in a library which was also in uh, Connecticut um, so then they had to then digitally scan that for me and then uh, oh. they sent it across and literally it wasn't like a it had they had to fully scan the whole thing which was quite costly um, and then they had to send it across to me, then me digitally enhance it, then actually read it to proofread it and then find an image. And then luckily then we then got an image from that. So that was, oh yeah, seven steps to find an image. Um, so then trying to get a story and do a whole piece around that. That's what it is. So I was really proud when the video got out because I was like, 
because again, this is going back to what I was mentioned in the first uh, part of the podcast was that like, yeah, with my channel, I really want to show off like people's heritage where they deserve more credit and stuff. And like Art Ingalls is not like a well-known name. If I like, if I was to say Art Ingalls to you earlier, you probably wouldn't have known who that was yeah, or no idea, what mate. exactly. But yeah, he's the reason we have the likes of Michael Schumacher, you know, Ayrton Senna, uh, Lewis Hamilton, like any driver you can think of is because they'd gone through karting and he was literally the inventor of go-karting. And if it wouldn't have been for him, none of this would have happened or like there would have been a different avenue of how it would all go about. And like people can argue, be like, oh, go-karts would have been invented at some point anyway. It's like, yeah, but that would have altered everything we would have known of. And I really wanted to like, you know, tell his story of like, this guy was awesome. He's the one who made it from a, a lawnmower engine into something which now we can do on a, on a competitive level. And yeah, like, you know, also, sweet. yeah, and also like, you know, Sergeant Mickey Flynn, who was a, a US airman who brought it over to the UK and then the UK blew up in terms of karting. And then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's how yep. they went into Europe. So, yeah, so that's, that's the most, I think that one that I think is probably the most proud of. Yeah, that's fair. No, I do remember because I was thinking of making a video about history of go-karting at one point and I looked it up. Obviously, I always look up on YouTube to see who's made content about similar stuff before. Saw your video. I was like, oh, sweet. Matt's already made a video. I, I won't make one, but I'm definitely going to watch his now. Watched it and it was brilliant, mate. That video is so good and so detailed. I didn't quite realize that you'd gone into that amount of detail to find a photo. That is insane, mate. That is That really, really shows your commitment to the content. But yeah, as I said incredible video so i'll leave that link in the description to that video specifically as well for people to go and watch because it's a really good one but um but yeah i i think that's about it that's my questions done off the leaderboard so uh it was awesome to chat with you today matt thank you so much for coming on um if anyone oh, no, would thank like you to mate see... it's been awesome yeah thanks mate oh it's been great it's been great if anyone would like to see any more of matt's content i'll be sure to as i said i'll leave the, the link to that video in the description and the link to his channel as well so be sure to go down there and subscribe he has a couple more subscribers than me but some of you might not have seen it you never know um and i, I would highly recommend as well as the karting video his newest video that he's just put out i believe it's still his newest hopefully about how f1 trophies are made which was unbelievably interesting as well so uh, definitely make sure to, to go and check that out but otherwise thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the chatterbox podcast if you did enjoy it be sure to drop a like down below and subscribe to the channel as well because i'll have loads more episodes in future with loads of different interesting people so you're not going to want to miss it but uh yeah thank you so much for watching and i'll see all of you meerkats later goodbye guys <laughs>